the, the Oklahoman looks like the lab at the beginning of the stand. Everyone's like slumped over their food and <laughs> couldn't even make it to the doors. See, I like to think I like to think that they got a hold of our podcast and then somebody at the top was just like, uh, no, you're not nobody's allowed to have opinions anymore. <laughs> You all up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like we can't call them. We're just gonna call them news now. We're not gonna <laughs> call them opinion articles. Nope. It's like uh, deleting your tweet because someone quote tweeted a uh, like dunk on it. They're just deleting their opinion article because we keep <laughs> <laughs> doing the conservative reading list about them. Many months has come and gone since Red I was over Oklahoma, Oklahoma's most, most Republican Oklahoma podcast. Hills where I was born. Yet I keep doing crime. Many a page of life you has turned, many a lesson I have learned. Well, I feel like in those Great hills drop. I still belong. We be doing crime. They are revisionists and there are reactionaries. We just can't make it a reservation in Oklahoma. Hills where I was born. This is Red Star over Oklahoma. Oklahoma's Republican The cowboy's life is my occupation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. I'm Adam Burnett, and this week we have Carl Roberts, Stephen Lastman, and special guest Parker Nelson on the show, and this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are a politics and news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. I forgot to mention, um, because season three of Westworld has ended, and everyone in the program is very sad, and there's not going to be any new media for the next question mark, um... We uh, have taken it into our own hands to design an AI that will destroy and kill the entire planet, um, but then kind of lose its plot and forget why it wanted to destroy the planet and befriend humans um, to fight other computers. Uh, his name is Craig, and Parker built him, and <laughs> I am sure that one day we will uh, see Craig destroy his maker, Parker, and therefore become his own god. So. Um, this is in a parody in our own universe. I did not build Greg, but uh, yes. But he is racist. <laughs> <laughs> Craig is our new recording software, and he is uh, learning from us. And uh, uh, we have some theories about how that will affect uh, his understanding of human culture. If you ever uh, wondered what um, it would be like to have all four hosts of this show collectively raise a child and what that would end up looking like, <laughs> that is going to end up being correct. Council of Dads. Yeah. <laughs> this is like uh, if, if, if three men and a baby met uh, a marriage store. And those two, those two things got combined. That would be the child we raised. It's now the red side of Oklahoma. One of us will just <laughs> accidentally commit suicide halfway through the program. Uh, God, I hate that. It's man. it's gonna become the absolute opposite of Protestant Carl. Uh, <laughs> right uh, this week, in uh, we're just going to be talking Oklahoma news, uh, as, as I'm sure everyone in the world is aware. Uh, there's a global pandemic, folks. The Rona's out, so we're going to talk Oklahoma news. But luckily, there is a ton going on in Oklahoma right now. Uh, we're going to be starting with a discussion of George Kaiser's influence on Tulsa that will get us canceled. Uh, then we'll talk about Tulsa's efforts to woo Tesla and how furious we are. 
Oh. And we'll wrap up with a discussion of hunger in the 46th state, which will be uh, pretty depressing. Uh, then we got a conservative reading series to round it out. So let's jump right into Oklahoma news with the piece that I am pretty sure is going to get our funding pulled. And since we're self-funded, that means we're all <laughs> going to lose our jobs. So uh, talk to us about George Kaiser and how he owns everything in this town. Yeah, so... This really great, very large article that's been brewing for a long time came out on Medium by uh, a guy who used to work at This Land uh, back when that was still a magazine and not just like a cool t-shirt shop. Um, and he, he goes over like the, the, Kaiser, the Kaiser behemoth, um, the Leviathan, if you will. Let's, let's use it's, that term. His um, square engine style hold over the town of Tulsa. <laughs> oh, and I appreciate that it starts with a quote from Angie Debo that also supports our narrative that Oklahoma is a breeding ground for everything else in the United States by saying it is a truism to say that Tulsa is the most American of American cities. Yes, uh, that is it, it is true. It's terrifying. I'm not looking forward to the like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, San Francisco or the um, Jeff Bezos, Seattle. Uh, I mean, if, the, the... If, if you don't think that George Kaiser is a sort of like mini boss before you face off against trillionaire Bezos, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that we were already, you, uh, Tulsa was already that with Quick Trip. Uh, we, we will not say so Quick Trip. Good. <laughs> on my podcast and talk about quick trip like that <laughs> their employees are out there protecting me from the homeless okay <laughs> that, that 11th in utica location is dangerous yeah, <laughs> quick, trip. <laughs> quick trip is on par with the uh post office in terms of its like valorousness in, <laughs> in, in, in terms of u.s <laughs> institutions I, there are might be a corporations that office. i will fight and die for but i will fight and die for quick trip Seven Eleven can blow me. <laughs> uh, Quick Trip, interestingly enough, has only ever uh, meddled with uh, Tulsa government for its own ends. I think once, and that was for that Eleventh in Utica <laughs> location. <laughs> when they were like, "What if we just like make a, a through lane here?" Even though the neighborhood had gone through like five years of like knife fights on its uh, uh, rezoning process to say not to do that. Uh, George well, and Kaiser also has by installing a puppet government to keep 7-Eleven out of Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> and 100% running a, a a cartel on gas prices <laughs> across town. Well, I loved, um, I loved I loved because it was kind of fun to see it in Oklahoma because and this is just an aside for our 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 Oklahoma listeners. But I really loved seeing in Oklahoma when gas bottomed out and it got all like to a dollar a gallon and the, the gas like stations were like, uh, uh, we're, we're going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> and like when that happened, it, it was like the demand didn't really change. And they were like, why don't we just raise the price back up? And they all raised the price back up to like a dollar 80. And it was just like, there's no market force that dictated that. They were just all like, ah, I, I think it's time. I think it's time. And they did. Pissed and you know what's funny <laughs> is that this would have been a like very good opportunity to start taxing gas appropriately or like yeah. even just ending the subsidies that we have on gas. Um, 
But you know, <laughs> that not not gonna happen. Of oh, come on, come on, come on. Come hey, on. hey, hey, hey! We can subsidize them if they pay me to store the oil. Okay, it's it's a feedback <laughs> loop, Blastman. <laughs> All right, I got some Parker. tracks underneath my home that they can store it in. Parker has been heavily investing in uh, post uh, Pan- Panamax uh, tanker ships uh, <laughs> while we've been off the air. Uh, but let's talk about uh, the the big fish in terms of setting the terms of Tulsa's economy and not the small fry that is Quick Trip. And that's one uh, George Reginald Kaiser. His middle name is not Reginald. Don't ask. Um, so this, <laughs> this great article. This is I'm going to put this in the show notes. We're not going to be able to cover all of it. Um, but it's this great article that uh, by Michael Mason called the Kaiser System. And it just lays out something that has been happening in Tulsa for a very long time at this point, uh, maybe since like the early 2000s, maybe a bit longer, about the, the Kaiser system and the, the grip that letting one person have all this goddamn fucking money, what that I mean, means we've, we've, for we've a place. We've mentioned the return of robber barons on the show, and what is Kaiser if not a philanthropic Carnegie or Rockefeller or like... Yeah, that the, is this uh, Robert Barron of the 21st century. He, uh, he, uh, his cultural oil is well. <laughs> uh, Bank of Oklahoma. Um, so, like, he just he just lays it out, right? Uh, as you probably know, as as a resident of the great state of Oklahoma, uh, or or not, and if you're not a resident, you probably don't know this. Um, but Kaiser is one of the biggest phila- philanthropists in the world, right? He's he's not extremely rich as far as billionaires go um i don't think he's in like hundreds of billions of dollars but he's sunk he's like in a, a ridiculous single digit billionaires you know yeah he's he's, he's relatively low-key these are these are these are these are the, the 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 everyday billionaires the man's man's billionaire and this is the kramer billionaire. if you can imagine if kramer got a billion dollars this is the Kramer billionaire, right? The, the hoi ploy of billionaires, if you will. You know, he's, <laughs> a he's, vulgar he's, billionaire. Yeah, you're you're he's, you're he's, Mark he's, Cubans. You're uh, you're Donald Trumps. <laughs> you're <laughs> Rick Foxes. <laughs> Not your Michael Bloomberg's. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in another sense, yes, exactly. You're Michael Bloomberg's. <laughs> um, <laughs> not in the way that you're thinking, in a different way. Um, so Kaiser has. Until, uh, I want to say, like, uh, 2007, 2008, he had set up the largest uh, grant-making foundation, like, for a city in the U.S. until Silicon Valley got pissed off and decided to set one up. And so this is uh, one of the things he has, the Tulsa Community Foundation. There's also the George Kaiser Family Foundation. These are two of America's largest charities. Like, these are ungodly-sized charities, right? Um, Because rich people... it you sounds know, like it's pretty good that he has those billions of dollars then, Carl. Yeah, it this is what uh, you give them the richest for, right? Is to donate. Yeah. Yeah, they're giving he's giving it all back. Yeah, he's he's giving it he's giving it all back. Oh no, he's giving it he's he's giving it all back. Um he, here's just a random quote that you know probably doesn't say anything uh, from uh, a New York Times profile of him. If Kaiser could change one structural aspect of the country. He said he'd eliminate the attitude that centralized control is inherently evil. So, good guy. 
really great. <laughs> Such um, a good guy. Um, no, no. I think you're going to be really hard-pressed to get me to disagree with him so far. <laughs> um, if there's one thing we all know about Batman, it's that he's a good guy, he's a hero, and he does only good things to help Gotham, and there's nothing anybody should complain about. <laughs> he doesn't that, kill supports. people. He just injures them and makes them incur massive healthcare costs, and that's it. It just breaks her legs. There's, that there's no badness to a massive centralized control system. You know, USSR, good. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that, I'm not Probably that, not so much. That at least supports if, if, the like quote above that, which it says, uh, "His wealth is the least interesting thing about him." So I'm down. Let's keep going. <laughs> So, so I'm not gonna lie. If Kaiser did the USSR thing of just building a shit ton of fucking trains, I would 100% say this article is slander. Uh, we should find the right train billionaire. <laughs> Kaiser, you've heard Carl's. Uh, what, what can buy Carl off? And you got to do it. We we are the biggest threat to you. We're the only piece of Oklahoma media that does not have one of your board members controlling it or receive your funding. So, so either our demands. capitulate to our demands or start funding us. Oh, and we are open for business. Let me open. tell to you. Very open. We are open. Oh, is that what you mean when you said that this is going to stop the self-funding? <laughs> is that now we're going to no. be funded by Kaiser? No. We're going we're gonna to be funded no. by Kaiser and Tulsa's going to be great because he's spending so much money on it. Um, so, another little interesting fact, right? So, Kaiser set all these things up. The uh, the first one, BOK, he inherited from his dad um, who came over uh, after World War II and had to set up a bank because uh, the wasps of the oil economy in Tulsa were like, eh, we're not letting a Jewish dude uh, in on the game here. Um, and this has kind of informed Kaiser's mindset and what he wants to do. And so he set up all these things, right? So he, he makes all this money through BOK. It's a good, you know, it's a, it's a good bank. We're going to talk about some of the money making they do, but it's like a really big bank for its size punches above its weight because it's such an important oil bank. Um, and with all the money he's made through investing in oil and shit, he's set up the two foundations, like I said, the family foundation and the Tulsa community foundation. Now, Six people manage all three of these entities. <laughs> six men. That seems like it's not a problem. Centralized right? control, baby. Um, <laughs> That's all that seems, is. Centralized seems, control. Carl, but is it working? Uh, uh, we're going to talk about how, how, it's, how it's working. Uh, how it's working. Uh, how, how good it's working. Mm-hmm. So basically, they run Tulsa, right? They run Tulsa like a government would, except, of course, there's no. There's utterly no public accountability, communication. Like, one of the biggest things in this whole article, and this is like a fucking huge article, right? The Medium has it as a 36-minute read. So does um, that mean that uh, G.T. Bynum is the brand to George Kaiser's, like, philanthropic council? Uh, yeah, 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 it really does. Because <laughs> yeah. he's just cute and gets to talk on MSNBC every once in a while. Yeah, everyone's kind of charmed <laughs> by him. He's got kind of like, yeah. He's a, he's a very he, um, unthreatening choice. <laughs> Bynum talks with uh, Kaiser and then two other people who are uh, those six men who run uh, everything. He talks to all of them uh, at least once a month. I think it's Kaiser twice a month, another one once a week, and then another one every two days. Um, so that's that's cool. That's accountability. You know, I'm really happy that we elected these people to run yeah, I mean, the economic engine of Tulsa. 
yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm uh, glad I voted for them. Glad they're doing yeah. the work I voted yeah. to do in this with the city. Super, <laughs> super happy about it. Um, why and I, so, that's why I gave Kaiser his money. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, it's called voting with your dollar. Uh, you're voting for him every day by going to his bank existing. or his restaurant yeah. or uh, using his parks or going to his bookstores, um, donating to his charities that like the feed large swaths of of Tulsa, um, things like that. Um, let's be clear here. Like, uh, we do have to say this article also does this. And I think we have to do it. Um, this is not like Kaiser's just trying to do nice stuff. I think there's a lot of good stuff about him where it's like, clearly his heart's in the right place. It's just the problem is that being a billionaire is like this. He's not, you know, we don't want to get into uh, Ilhan Omar quote, uh, tropes territory. Just want to say that before we start talking about some of the specifics here, right? Um, the first thing, and the first thing I think we need to talk about is the Bank of Oklahoma. Um, like, like I said, the Bank of Oklahoma makes its money, uh, makes large amounts of its money in financing the oil industry, right? Uh, Tulsa was for like five years the oil capital of the world. We call ourselves the oil finance world. capital of the world. Neither of those are true. <laughs> those are both Houston. Um, that's a lie. And uh, Bank of Oklahoma is still really important to that. Uh, it's still a huge part of that. Uh, there's totally not a contradiction in like trying to help out uh, parts of Tulsa that are suffering under resource uh, a resource cursed economy and uh, making all your money off oil. Another thing uh, the bank does, um, which is very fun, is uh, they have really aggressive overdraft fees. Uh, this actually happened to me once in college. I overdrafted uh, once, and I had overdraft protection on my account. And they ended up charging me like 500 bucks for an overdraft. And like I had like a sa savings to cover the amount I'd overdrafted. And I had to go in and argue with them twice to be like, no, I have the paperwork you gave me that said I'm, I have overdraft protection and you turn it down. You can't let me do that. And they made in one year $40.5 million in overdraft fees. $40.5 million in overdraft. I need to get on right? that racket. I'm telling you what, man. Uh, yep. It's a good racket. Um, I'm sure this is not it opposed is to <laughs> it's it's definitely not opposed to all the stuff that the George Kaiser Family Foundation does around town to reduce poverty, you know, by trying to set up special school programs to help kids do better, you know, trying to increase access to SNAP benefits. You know, there's nothing opposed to having a ridiculous overdraft fee scheme and being really aggressive about it and trying to help poor people. You know, look, not, he's, he's not kind of like Robin Hood. He steals from the poor and gives it back to them after taking a small percentage <laughs> for overhead and administrative costs. There's uh, almost assuredly a, a certain amount of, well, I know what to do with it better than they do uh, going on here. That uh, is totally unspoken, but is 100% there. Um, this is why we're going to lose our funding, Parker. Uh-huh. <laughs> Little statements like that by Carl. Mm. So some of the other interesting stuff. So the other foundation, the Tulsa Community Foundation. Um, <laughs> this is this is wild. Um, aside from the gathering place in 2016, it distributed the most money out of all the money it did, like the largest cut of the money that it sent out <laughs> to um, youth and guns training programs supported by the firearms industry. <laughs> Hell out yeah. of state. Hell yeah. 
They're they're building so, uh, a child militia. A Justin Burton world, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't think it's I don't I think it's more like a Varengian guard situation, right? Like Tulsa is 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 Oklahoma's Constantinople, uh, the eastern city, always always lesser than the western capital. Uh, and as the state collapses, he needs to build up a, a core loyalist army to protect him that's not involved in the politics of town. So I don't blame him for that. Um, we we we've all been there before. You know, you got to keep the Saracens out somehow. The Arkansasiers, you know, you got to be safe from raiders from the east. So that's cool. I'm sure that's totally helping out. Uh, teaching kids how to use guns is is a good idea. Um, another thing that TCF uh, does uh, is hide as much of a can as much uh, uh, of a can on its reporting. Right, um, like it spends money on Planned Parenthood. Uh, it doesn't say how much money it spends on that. So that's cool. It's good to know that like some of the stuff. I mean, it's good to spend money on Planned Parenthood, right? I'm not opposed to that. But um, it's one Man of those grand. ways that you know what Planned Parenthood does. I, I, I'm sorry, Mammograms. just because we have this tiny, tiny platform to say this on. Anytime anyone ever says, well, Planned Parenthood, they do abortions. Abortions by the dozen. You want to know what that organization does? Hand out rubbers and they fucking do mammograms and find breast cancer. That organization finds more breast cancer than any organization on the fucking planet. So just shut the fuck up. It is a breast cancer organization. Don't, don't, don't watch Susan G. Coleman and be like, oh, I'm going to give a dollar where 99 cents of it is going to go to administrative fees. No. Support Planned Parenthood, goddammit. So Planned Parenthood has plenty of stuff. Adam is right, but it also has stuff to criticize uh, it like it's a union-busting organization. But you'll never see those on the right because they, they don't, they're, they like that part. Um, sure. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's, it's this organization that's got like $4 billion, right? And we don't know where the money is going because it hides it. And part of that is explicitly to avoid public scrutiny. So again, I'm sure that's fine. You know, an organization that has assets that are like you know i think like approaching uh, small city size small city government size stuff um is fine and it's totally okay that uh the ceo of the tulsa community foundation uh, phil lakin is also a city councilor in tulsa i'm sure that you know that's not a problem you know that he's totally doing a good job of of, of keeping out you know making sure he's not doing stuff that no would conflicts be of any interest kind there of of interest of course they don't keep any records on it um you know the city doesn't keep any records on when people recuse themselves for that uh so it, i, I we, we could trust them right it's okay it's oh, totally okay you know um city councilor is not a full-time job you need to be employed outside of the position if you happen to be employed <laughs> at a massive philanthropic organization that does a lot of business with the city government that just happens to be a coincidence and i'm sure that you personally can uh, make the moral distinction between uh, any conflicts of interest coming up. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And I, it's I, not I, like you're I, doing I shadowy stuff happens. in the background. Yeah. When, when does your local government ever become corrupt? Wait, 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 um, Stephen. Do 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 <laughs> conflicts of interest exist when you consolidate power? That's true. No. If 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 you, have, <laughs> if you have a centralized like kind of god king of tulsa then there are no conflicts of interest yeah exactly uh by thy will be done and <laughs> thy will will be done 
Just like uh, George George Kaiser saying, "I am the state," as as the peasants <laughs> storm <laughs> <laughs> the castle. Um, it, I mean, so, yeah, it, it's know, just nice what, because what, the what, next the next scene in that story is Kaiser sitting atop his palace, saying, "Let them eat cake," and me running to the top of the <laughs> palace with a pitchfork. So. <laughs> He's he's sitting on on top of the the park saying let them eat cake. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about the park too. Um, so I actually I I didn't know this until I read this article, right? Um, uh, but I do remember that in the early two thousand in the early twenty tens, um, I went to one of the public uh meetings about the park, right? Um, because I I grew up and was living at the time, and my parents still live on Brookside, right? You know, park is literally less than a ten minute walk away from. Uh, where I grew up. And so we were like, oh, this is important. This is a really big deal for, for us, for the family. Let's go talk about this. Let's go see what's up. Um, I was not aware that by 2009, um, the George Kaiser Family Foundation had bought everything they needed to make the park. <laughs> uh, the first time they had, the first time they revealed to uh, the general public that they were planning on building this park was May of 2012. They had started planning it in the early 2000s. Part of how they managed to do that is that um, a guy who works at BOK, I think he's on the board of BOK, uh, he is also on the board of the Tulsa River Parks Authority. Um, so that's, I'm sure, Not again, totally above board, totally halal. Uh, I don't feel comfortable using kosher when we talk about this. <laughs> yeah, um, you really shouldn't, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's halal. It's not haram. It turns out another guy, the director for the GKFF, also joined the board in the late 2000s, one Ken Levitt, and served as its chairman. So I'm sure, again, just not uh, above board, totally not a thing where they planned this thing, they got it all done, they unveiled it to the public in this long process that made it look like we were getting input, uh, but we had no say the entire time, right? Um, I'm sure that's okay. I'm sure Again, that that's above yeah, board. A thing that never happens with uh, city development agencies. <laughs> never, <laughs> never, ever. Wasn't that how New York City was built? Like I mean, the town? It's never something I see here in Boston is that the planning agency is a backdoor for developers to push their projects through zoning. I think we're getting really... I'm glad we exist in a fiction universe. <laughs> <laughs> So now uh, we're going to talk about the, the Tulsa Artist Fellowship, which is actually like um, the concept at first seems good, right? Um, you get you get your housing, you get like all your living expenses covered. You live in uh, the Tulsa Arts District uh, for a year and you make art and stuff. Really cool. You get people in. Um, I was not aware of this either until I read this. I just thought it was kind of a cool thing. It was good. Surprise, surprise. Um, not good. Not, yeah, not good uh, at all. Who else so, uh, did a lot of art back in the uh, '60s? I don't know the CIA. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was gonna say. Uh, uh, do you know who else tried and failed to make art? Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Uh. So. So uh, this uh, Mr. Mason interviewed some of the people. I just want to read these uh, these concerns that everyone he interviewed who would not go on the record, right? Because they were afraid of retaliation. Um, mm -hmm. They did not want to get in trouble. Um, this is how they described like they uh, doing identifiable. Never mind. 
I mean, probably. Yeah, but still. Um, uh, I'm just quoting directly here. They felt censored and did not feel at liberty to produce honest work. All recounted stories about being uh, under surveillance by administrators and how they struggled to work in an atmosphere of fear and paranoia. A disproportionate amount of their creative time and energy was spent dealing with the administrative or PR-related issues created by uh, the Tulsa Artist Fellowship. TAF asked them to sign a 28-page contract but did not provide outside counsel. Administrators withheld their rationed out payments for projects as a way to manipulate or coerce the fellows. There was no real recourse to address grievances or concerns, and the fellowship's advisory board had no authority to help them. And then one other thing I mentioned, which is really kind of telling about the, I think is maybe the most explicitly telling thing, is that a lot of them felt like they were just being used to gentrify Greenwood. And that they were outside people brought into town, to go into Greenwood, make art, make it all nice and fancy and like make it look good. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's bad is because there was also uh, Kaiser, uh, his, his organizations have been involved in trying to do green, um, the Tulsa race massacre centennial stuff. Um, and they tried to take over the Greenwood cultural center, put a different name on it, uh, kick out that weird DNA thing where you get to like see your grandpa in a, a hologram I mean, um, murals, and murals are show. usually like the uh, the scouting parties of gentrification. It's when you start to see a lot of murals going up. Yeah, bad signs. Um, and some of it, too, is just that it's like they just like some of them said it was bad for their careers to go do this program. That's supposedly cool. Like it's it's wild. And if you look at a broader spectrum of things, right? Kaiser, uh, the Kaiser Family Foundation has uh, a stake in Magic City Books. I love Magic City Books. It's tight as fuck. Mm -hmm. It is telling that the development it's in, you know, is related to the Kaiser program. You know, a lot of that arts, uh, uh, the renaming of the district was also done, uh, you know, pretty heavy handedly and not necessarily in a way that's good and has kind of collapsed greenwood into the tulsa arts district instead of letting it be its own thing you know there's no um there's only one black business left at greenwood and archer right part of that is that kaiser funds these things these foundations fund these things to make the the area better they do it secretly without any kind of public input and the people in the community who would like to see things go a certain way don't have a say right property values go up yeah, I mean, it's already they like they, they they bought everything when it was cheap. The property values are high now. And then like people who are original to those neighborhoods can't buy in at this point now that there's something to buy into. Now that you actually can create a business, it, it's it's too late because it's already been bought up by all these speculative developers. Kaiser Foundation. Yep. Uh, are you telling Elliot me Nelson, the Greenwood Wellness Dispensary is not a <laughs> like homegrown business there? Because... <laughs> I, I'm really going to struggle with that. Yet another thing that doesn't have any sort of like conflict or gentrification or equity issues around it. Marijuana shops. Those are always totally cool and above board. Yeah, totally fine. Um, so this is um, another thing uh, related to Greenwood. Um, right. Next year is 100 years since the race massacre. There, it's, it's going to be a huge deal in town, right? memorializing it trying to deal with it trying to be open and honest about the past the <laughs> the tcf uh did not tell the commission that's setting up what they're going to do about it that they had raised 21 million dollars for it so they just showed Jeez. up with this huge sum of money and were like hey we want to have some things we want to do some things our ways right um and so they they tried to get rid of the greenwood cultural center right an important part of the community um 
and they were, were going we're to building, change the name. Uh, we're building Reconciliation Tower, a 70-story skyscraper that will headquarter Kaiser Inc. and um, also have a small memorial to a race massacre at the bottom. Yeah, nothing, nothing serious. We're not going to let you have any input in it. Um, uh, you should read the article to hear about the Black Wall Street Times and some questionable stuff there. I have some misgivings about um, Nehemiah Frank. He's a cool guy. Um, we don't need to go into those. Uh, but it does say a lot that he's really into the commission doing this kind of stuff, um, you know, and that Wall Street is an important part of the, the, the blog. Um, cool people write for that blog. Um, some, some questionable stuff though, about, uh, support for capitalism there and, uh, an unquestioning assumption that, um, the Kaiser foundation doing this stuff is good for Tulsa is, uh, Hmm. And that, that leads into a thing. There's advertising on the black wall street times from the Tulsa community foundation and the George Kaiser family foundation. So that's not the only media where there's some effect that Kaiser has. Uh, Oklahoma Watch, right? An organization that we, we regularly read, we, we find stories from, we look into, right? Because it's a good organization. Um, now, Oklahoma Watch gets a bunch of money because it's like a nonprofit news organization from the Kaiser system, right? And, you know, like I said, they're a good news organization. They do good stuff. Just like the Black Wall Street Times does some good stuff too. But, you get all this money from TCF, right? Or uh, GKFF. And what happens is, you know, okay, that is going to shape how you interview, you know, how you frame stories, who's pushing the narrative, right? The WAPO being owned by Bezos and not printing bad stuff about Amazon. <laughs> or yeah, Murdoch it's, it's owning me. the Times. I mean, yeah, it, it's it, like, it, it's well, always I mean, been. Is like it's a propaganda engine for Murdoch, but like WAPO does still do journalism, but they will pull stories that you know Bezos or the owners don't want, which is like, yeah, yeah like Black Wall Street Times, or they do good journalism, but yeah, if something comes into conflict with the owner, then yeah, they'll pull a story. And this is like because just... the foundation they don't have to say anything, right? The foundations don't have to say. You can't report this negative thing on us, right? But because they have such a big influence in town, you know you don't, you can't do that, right? Maybe it doesn't even come up. You're just like, hey, they're helping fund us. Cool. Oh, they're doing this cool stuff. Yeah, we should report on that, right? It, it's not even necessarily something that's understood in the malicious sense of like, we have to be, we have to walk on eggshells to make sure we can keep getting jobs in Tulsa or something, right? Mm -hmm. It can also be a positive thing, but it's it's manufactured consent for the Kaiser system's control over Eastern Oklahoma, right? And I, and and I think it doesn't that, really... that, And I think that that is like the the crucial aspect of this is that you know in having this discussion, we're not trying to sit here and say, oh, you know, you know, George Kaiser specifically is this terrible person, but like like all people, like us, he's got views, and not all of them are amazing takes. And right, to let someone, yeah, Adam, we only have good takes. Yeah, but but you know, in, in that same sense of we, you know, need to be critical and analytical in our examination of the sources and the people who are influencing discussions in our world and neighborhood, because if we're not. We're just going to miss the boat and we're going to be we're, we're, we're all of a sudden going to be, you know, you use the magic phrase. It's manufactured consent. All of a sudden we're going to be agreeing to the 
Iraq war and really confused why that took 10 years. Uh, so well, Adam, that's, that's one idea. The other idea is we can all live our lives like a cargo cult, making sort of just <laughs> displays for different billionaires to grace us with uh, their benevolent uh, factories and charities and wait, wait we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Come on. <laughs> um, but this yeah, is we're going like, on this like is, an hour for this story. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. We can we can move on. We can move on. Um, I just want like to wrap it up. There, there's some other stuff too that we could go into. Like we've already talked about his relationship to the University of Tulsa when Parker was wrong about how important humanities are. Um, <laughs> and and like. I think Adam kind of hit the nail on the head, right? It's it's genuinely not about Kaiser. It's about a system. It's about how funding happens. It's about what happens when you starve the beast, to to use a, a phrase uh, beloved by our best president ever, uh, President Skittles in his mouth, Eminem's mouth. Um, and what what happens when that gap gets filled by somebody outside of public accountability, outside of any kind of scrutiny that the public would provide, that is in a position to influence how people you know, how the news functions, right? And it's something that, you know, we're going to see start happening around the country. Michael Bloomberg is another person doing this kind of stuff. Bill Gates does this stuff on a global level. Mm-hmm. And it's what happens when you have billionaires. And so, like, when we say billionaires are bad or a problem, you know, it's it, because it's, it's inherently anti-democratic to have them. They can do this stuff. It, you know? it becomes kind of, even in the Tulsa's case, where there's not so much a disaster, so to speak, it becomes like the shock doctrine economics in which you can start reducing the size of a city government when these billionaires step up and replace institutions like this and say, oh, well, I'll run. I mean, the tech tech scene is the worst about this being like, oh, wait, we'll run the public transit now and we'll run the, like all these other things. But yeah, it's like people like Kaiser say, oh, I'll step in and take over some of these city services. But then there's less and less accountability. And then the city becomes less and less able to take over in the event that there needs to be, you know, yeah, a strong city service, or yeah, yeah, there, there just or, becomes or less. Yeah. And yeah, it just it gets to a point where these private infrastructures and institutions that we build become the only thing that exists. So we're reliant on them and don't have anything. We, there is no and, alternative. And 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 I, and I only want to make this aside quickly, but and it, it, it is reminiscent of the internet and cellular networks and uh, electricity in this country where when infrastructure is developed and built on a societal scale and then privatized after it has been built all you're doing is putting a money gate on something that already exists mm-hmm. and it is um i i had the theory recently that oklahoma never really left the gilded age and you know we we've said this on the show this is a common theme on the show that oklahoma is what America will look like in the future. And as we, you know, sink deeper and deeper into this new Gilded Age, we're going to see more and more people like Kaiser pop up around around the country in places where they haven't already. And we're going to see billionaires erode away any kind of de- semblance of democracy that we have in this country unless we um, do something it's good like- for everybody and just make them just be millionaires. Like, you can have your 10 million fucking bucks. You're fine. It's the same. <laughs> and we can then do all the stuff that Kaiser is trying to fix. We can fix those problems. We could do it in a way that we decide on that. We as a community do instead of being like fucking serfs for our feudal Lord running Eastern Oklahoma. Um, well, but I think let- this is the absolute perfect. 
there could not be a more perfect segue into our next story because Tulsa did something that I truly didn't <laughs> think it was capable of doing. Oh, it was amazing. Which is, which is it created a 30-foot-tall effigy of a billionaire and then destroyed it. I am so ecstatic about the burning of the, the Tulsa driller. Uh, I, I, I uh, didn't think 30 feet are. Adam. <laughs> how tall is that thing? It's like it's 70 feet. feet. It's 100 feet. Yeah, it's yeah. really tall. <laughs> it's like I've been there. I just pass it all the time. In the world. There's, there's a Panda Express right across from it that I go to pretty often. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's literally the sixth tallest statue in America. <laughs> uh, but but what's what's going on with our golden boy lately? Oh man. Yeah. Um. So uh, Tulsa is uh, trying to suck off our boy Elon. Um. Who by uh, as as Adam already said, um, giving the uh, golden driller a makeover. Which um I I was talking with uh some other Tulsa friends of mine who were like, they, they would have been okay with the makeover if they didn't paint his face white. How, how do y'all <laughs> feel about that? I kind of like, like Kamuki Musk. I love it. <laughs> I also love that it doesn't look like him at all. It just looks like someone printed out a picture of his face and then draped it over the face of the driller, which is what happened. And I love it. <laughs> I mean, I think this is a, this is a cry for help. That GT Bynum has been Jokerified. He's the <laughs> Joker. He's painting the driller with Joker makeup. He's gonna bring the penguins back. Absolutely. That's what we should do. Is an army of the penguins all in like drab Tesla factory clothes, uh, lined up outside of where the factory's going to be, like the Play Warriors of China. Uh, Musk is gonna go on Studio Tulsa and be like, "Yeah, I think that's funny," and then shoot Rich Fisher in the face. <laughs> <laughs> GT Biden's gonna say uh, TPD will use the Elon Musk brand flamethrowers now. <laughs> <laughs> well, County Commissioner uh, Karen Keith, uh, who sits on the county authority that oversees operations at Expo Square, uh, said she didn't hesitate for a moment when asked if the driller could be given a temporary facelift. Um, within a few days, um, it became what it is now. Um, and she, uh, quote, said, I just think Tesla fit with Greene County. It, it fits with everything we are in Tulsa. It's just perfect. And so I don't know um, <laughs> if we have a like uh, a leaderboard or like a high score uh, fellatio list of like the best is sucking dick. But Tulsa is really like it's it's to me, it's blatantly obvious that Tulsa is just being used as a bargaining chip to make give them a better deal <laughs> in Austin, right? But what? well, no, what? Tulsa actually, I'm just gonna let you know that the, the what you just said, Parker, is is classical fascism. <laughs> uh, we can put that up and put that in next to the dictionary definition, okay? Okay, um. But what what Tulsa has that Austin doesn't is a small enough and like bullyable enough city government <laughs> that like one company could but run the town. See, Austin has yeah, enough it's other it's companies that they could like they could tell Tesla to fuck off on a few things. But Tulsa is blatantly telling Tesla, "No, look, we'll do whatever you want. Like, we'll come do- on my face. Like, <laughs> we'll do anything. We'll cut the shaft." <laughs> <laughs> well, see what I what what makes me think even more 
um, like, like, like to, to to substantiate this a little bit more. Um, and, and in my head, it's canon for why Oklahoma decided to reopen the economy is exclusively for Elon Musk. Um, pretending <laughs> he tweeted like a a stock photo of going out to a restaurant, so he himself is pretending to go out while he's like <laughs> his mansion, telling the workers of the world well, that it's like, okay and safe. Why would he go out if I was a million? I already mostly eat at my house. If I That's was a billionaire, I would just like, 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 come out. to my home. Just, why would oh, I just post do a shitty <laughs> But, um, so, but, but uh, to finish the thought, uh, Governor uh, Kevin's tit, um, he tweeted, uh, Oklahoma is open for business. We're doing it safely, responsibly, and based on the data in our state. Uh, Elon Musk, let's talk. PS Route 66 would make a great place for a test drive. <laughs> It's so, so I, it's, <laughs> what's, the wildest thing to me is that Tulsa does have one specific thing to offer Tesla over Austin, right? Uh -huh. And that's that Tulsa is one of the most important cities in the U.S. for uh, trucking, like for long-haul trucking, right? A ton of trucking companies are based in Tulsa because of the Port of Catoosa and uh, the location, right? Um, and the, it, it's a truck gigafactory that they're thinking about opening. I have yet to see anyone make that specific pitch where they're like, yes, we offer a specific thing. We are fully aware that we do not offer a variety of things that are nice or good. Yeah, we just, you know, just made that pitch in terms of truck purchases. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that's got to be accurate. See, at least by some metric. See, Carl, you you say that right, and the, and I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, absolutely. If Tulsa were to put Carl in charge of convincing Elon Musk in a logical manner as to why Tulsa <laughs> why Tulsa could, could, could be good and better than Austin. Um, I totally think you can win. But that's absolutely not what Tulsa is doing. Um, no, instead, no. Mayor G.T. Barnum um, in, in took part in the official unveiling <laughs> of the Golden Driller. And he played a starring role, um, including a slow motion shot of him exiting a Tesla he arrived in uh, for the for the Tulsa for uh, Tulsa for Tesla video of the event. So they've put out three different videos and have paid different different people to make them. Um, Look, one of them. I, I, God I, I, damn it! <laughs> Just such a stuff... waste of money. <laughs> See, I've, no. I've got to say though, like all of this stuff is cringe and fucking dork shit. But oh my god, it's Elon so dark. Musk is a fucking cringy dork. So it kind of makes sense as a way to appeal to him to be like, look, we're like weird fucking humorless nerds who uh, just uh, make dumb jokes based on shitty puns or whatever the fuck. And Elon will be like, yeah, very cool. I will build him a factory here. And also he's <laughs> My strange child named Kyle <laughs> will live here. Kyle, <laughs> well... You are Tulsa now. <laughs> <laughs> the subtext must have come is just like, we're racist too, actually. Uh, we, you, we do hate people of African descent, like you do, as we all know. We got a lot of monkeys in town. Do not pull that quote, uh, independent of me saying it sarcastically, please. <laughs> Grimes, I've so, for you the cave house for you to raise our robot baby in. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, I, I just think that because one of the things they did um, was make official the Tesla Owners Club of Oklahoma. Um, oh and I think God. that Elon Musk is just going to, uh, maybe in addition to, uh, this is also maybe going to make George Kaiser own a Tesla, uh, but just misread that as Tesla Owners of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, they're like, oh, they're giving us the state, <laughs> not just the city. <laughs> Imagine the tools in the Tesla Owners Club. Oh my god, but the response was strong. Um, more than three dozen Tesla owners all from all over the state parked their cars at the feet of the Golden Driller on Wednesday for the video. So I, they... I can't think of a city more culturally appropriate for an electric car company than a town whose only industry is oil. <laughs> I say, there are not a lot of situations where I would condone rolling coal. But going by the Tesla Owners Club meetup and just blasting some coal over those fuckers would be kind of satisfying. I, 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 not, I, I, I completely agree with that. I also think that like there is something to be said uh, on the front of uh, a town that, that destroyed itself by by making itself a, like a, a nightmare maze of highways, and it's just like more highways. More highways um, for them to just be like, bring your car factory here. Um, we don't know what we're, we don't know how to build housing, so we're just building roads. Where do the roads go to the other roads? Uh, is, there, is there anything to do? No, you can drive. <laughs> In the alternate universe where they do actually put the factory in at Tulsa, Trump will tweet about it and be like, oh, guys, I just expanded the Elon Musk highway. We're putting the funding in. It's a highway that goes to the factory. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere else. It just goes to the factory. It's like, going it, like, it, uh, it to be minority report where they just shoot the cars out onto the highway and they like drive themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to reactivate that part of 44 that's been passed over that you can drag race on uh, out, out northeast of town. <laughs> Do not drag race on that strip of highway. We The show does not endorse or condone such behavior. Uh, you will maybe get arrested. Or the, the, the other version, which is just, just like everything else, Oklahoma is a microcosm of everything in, in America before it happens here. And so, you know, they just put out the cars and then the cars just mount machine, but purchase machine guns and then <laughs> put them on the hoods of themselves and then attack. And we are ground zero for the Terminator apocalypse. Well, like, I think one I, thing that's also like the, the real like bad thing about Tulsa just saying it will do anything. Please, please, Elon, give us your precious Tesla factory is that like, I think Tesla has like seven times more workers safety violations in like the next leading car company uh they're they are notorious for dodging taxes and i'm sure are going to take a huge fucking tax break if tulsa gives it to them um and yeah i mean we, I mean, were, they, we would get to a point where we were paying for a factory that is like basically abusive to its workers Elon had that, that thing where he was like, I don't like the color yellow, so we're going to commit flagrant OSHA violations in our factory in Alameda <laughs> County in California. has gotten SEC violations for tweeting out, I'm going to change the price of my company's stock today. <laughs> <laughs> what if we do get a video of, of GT Bynum um, 
clearly not knowing how to smoke weed while sitting in a Tesla. Like, that'd be kind of cool. I could get, <laughs> I could get behind that. <laughs> that is one of the problems. Get out of a flower vase. How a lot of mayors and, like, a lot of city governments work is that they are expected to be nothing but facilitators for job creation and for, like, bringing more jobs and more industries to the city and doing nothing else. And so, like, yeah, you do get in this situation in which you are desperate to prove that in, you know, an upcoming economic recession, hey, I brought, you know, a thousand more jobs to the city. Um, doesn't matter the consequence of those jobs or, like, whether those are good jobs that people want that are treat their workers well. The fact is, like, we didn't have job losses while, you know, the corona recession started. Well, so, I think that's just, you know, all about it, 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 capitalism makes everything in numbers, which we're about to talk about the worst version of that. I want right? to I want to I want to read two paragraphs out of a Tulsa World article about this because uh, it ties back to the Kaiser thing and also has one of the best lines I've ever read in the news. Um Tony Moore, executive director of Gathering Place, worked with Retrospect Films to create the videos of the Tulsa Driller event and the Tesla's cruising through town. The local company has created videos for Gathering Place. Uh, Kaiser, check. Uh, oh, absolutely. They mention, they mention Kaiser uh, directly. Next paragraph. Moore said he loves videos and he loves cars. Even better. Is he a 13-year-old? Like, even, I, I like it when they go fast. I just like I just go on YouTube and I just watch videos. You know, I don't care what's in them. I just I just like the videos. porn. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets a little bit better because so you have the first video of the Tulsa driller. You have the second video with them cruising through town, like like with all these Teslas cruising through town past like landmarks. You know what I mean? Shit like that. And then the third video, which was released on social media on Friday, um, was uh, the work of Tulsa Remote, uh, which I don't, I had no idea what Tulsa Remote was before this, and which is also, you know, created by the George Kaiser Family Foundation. But it offers people ten thousand dollars if they agree to spend a year in Tulsa. Um, the response was overwhelming with more than 10,000 people applying in the first twenty-four hours. The program was launched in twenty eighteen. They were like, "What twenty uh, ten grand to live here for a year?" Fuck. Boom. Literally uh, covers like most rent. of your living expenses. Yeah, no, actually it does. It's most of your living expenses. For so, Adam, uh, I might be moving to Tulsa. Yeah, um, come on, bro. So I'll see you. If I'll be there for at least a year. It's, but, like, uh, uh, it's like those memes that are like, would you live in this house for 10000 a year? <laughs> yes. The answer is always yes. But um, the, the, the Tulsa Remote said, the, the executive director said that he made the video because he thought it was important to have some of those people be part of what he described as a unified community effort to show Tulsa support for the Tesla project. And that he, I, quote, he, quote, thinks that they have come to, uh, through Tulsa Remote, um, not that they're just excited to be in the city, they've invested in the community and they're invested in the future of Tulsa because they see how big of an impact Tesla coming to Tulsa could be, and not for the fact that they were just like, George Kaiser's gonna give me 10 grand to come to Tulsa? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. uh, now you have my name, don't pull my $10,000, I'll be in your video. If they really I, wanted I... to impress Tesla, they should have... 10,000 Tulsans do the uh, Beijing opening ceremonies from the 2008 Olympics, <laughs> all with like a drums and drums. fantastic, uh, like all with uh, Tesla T's on them. <laughs> I can, yes, I can just see the, uh, the, the PR nightmare when they're like, Oh, what's, what's Tulsa got? Oh, Native Americans. Let's do a cool <laughs> drum circle of only white people. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like, 
Honestly, yeah, I think Elon would probably love that. He would probably be best shut up. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to our uh, <laughs> final. Well, can we? Can I just say one last thing? How, how does yes. no one know? How does no one in any position of power in Tulsa not recognize that it's just to get Austin to give them more things? Like I know. They're sucking so much. Like they, they are on their knees. <laughs> like we are not going to lay prostrate so you can get a better deal out of Austin. Fuck you. Like seriously, everyone is a rube in Tulsa public life. Yeah. God damn it. It's amazing. I'm loving it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but if we uh if we at least prove uh, maybe Tesla won't come here but fucking Daewoo Electric will move their factory to Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> we got Foxconn to move from Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 all right so this is our, our last oklahoma story for the week this comes from a read frontier article um it is not a fun topic so during this pandemic you know one of the things is there's all these billionaires who are going to capitalize on all of it but at the end of the day what it really means is that a lot of people are going to be uh going from uh barely food secure or minorly food insecure to incredibly food insecure and uh since most of the food that is cheap is also garbage it means that there's all kinds of other associated issues that come with that um i want to run through a couple of uh kind of just news points for this and then we can talk about it a little more so more than 150,000 people in oklahoma have become unemployed because of covid and that's honestly on the low end of things um there's nightmares going on with unemployment and uh contesting benefits and the employee employers in the state are fucking awful um most of the state's food banks are operating at double capacity all uh which also means that when they thought they had six months worth of supplies they now have three months worth of, of supplies uh okc public schools distributed the same amount of free lunches they distributed all of last summer in the first two days of school being out this summer uh it is uh going to become a problem incredibly quickly uh 20 of oklahoma's kids were food insecure before the pandemic so you know that number is going to spike um and the thing is and i think you know one of the points that we have here is that one of the things throughout the Cold War that capitalism was toted as will never happen on the basis of the system is that people would be food insecure, that you would have to stand in line to get bread. That was said wasn't going to happen. It's well, that was and the, one of the other things point. is I'm sure you guys have seen the videos of like, uh, you know, dairies dumping just tankers full of milk or i think like tons of just all the waste that there is it's not a problem of there's not enough it's a problem of allocation like it's all there it's just yeah, they've been not efficient their, or it's not it's not market beneficial to give out this food for free or to like it's better just, to pour out the fucking milk or burn the crops than to sell them at a loss literally yeah burn crops kill animals and bury them in shallow graves because if you can't make money on it, then you're giving it away. Like, and like, I, there's a lot of conspiracy that runs around, especially with all the food shortage, because it's not being talked about a lot, but it is just a 100% failure of the economic system of capital. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, like, imagine if there was some sort of way that you could plan, if you could plan an economy to, like, allocate the amount of food that you need ahead of time instead of just uh, infinite production until you can't. Okay, let me let me play a little devil's advocate here. Uh, did you all not see that Benny Johnson tweet where that store in Cuba only had one brand? Huh? That's true. What you want to under? Huh? Huh? You fucking I, I I would fucking kill myself if I if I didn't have the choice between Hunts and Hertz ketchup. I <laughs> listen. Give listen. me varieties of ketchup or give me death. As you're uh, gonna you're gonna starve to death, but but your rations you're gonna be able to choose between zesty ranch Doritos and uh, nacho cheese Doritos. Uh, now you're only gonna get one bag, and it has to support your family for three weeks, so you're all gonna die. But you do get to choose. <laughs> you can buy pineapple in the winter here. We we have reached levels of flame and hot that the Cubans can only dream of in America. <laughs> have the Cubans ever had a uh, 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 soda that is not even named after flavors? You know, Code Red, Mountain Dew. You know, <laughs> like have they have capitalism is so amazing that we've transcended flavor. Okay, you all really want to live in a world without that. Like we you, move beyond the taste bud. doesn't exist in socialism. <laughs> yeah, in, in in socialism, everything is just a suppository. You don't get to taste anything <laughs> ever, ever again. It's all the uh, food uh, from the Matrix, the just gray gruel that you have to <laughs> solemnly wait in line for. But, you know, I mean, that's the other thing. Like you know, even in the places that you know, people who can get food. One of the criticisms of the Soviet Union is the fucking bread lines, which is like, oh, well, you know, in America, you can always have as much as you want. Now we're in the grocery stores. Like, I have waited over an hour in line to get into a grocery store because we all have to stand six feet apart. And they do I, like limit certain I, products to be like, no, you can only get this much toilet paper, which yesterday. is the complaint everyone had about the horrors of communism. Yesterday, I went to the Home Depot, uh, and there was a huge line out front, and I literally, I turned my ass around, and I went to Lowe's, where everybody was licking doorknobs and coughing <laughs> in each other's mouths. <laughs> I was going to wait in line. This isn't Russia. I'm not a fucking, uh, this is America. If I want to go to a store and spend money, no one can stop me from doing that. And and just think about how fucking evil it is to make sure that everybody can get some stuff. Like, how fucked up is that? I should be oh, able fuck. to buy more. To I okay, I'm not gonna use toilet paper because I do actually need ten boxes of toilet paper to survive. But I should be able to buy thirty loaves of bread, all of which will go rotten before I can get them. All of which will go moldy. I that's my fucking right. And if that means that my neighbor doesn't get bread, I'm fucking sorry. You should show up to the store on time, you son of a bitch. That's right. Fuck you. Fuck you, Dale. Fuck you, neighbors. Go to hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing. It's just how much food waste. I, I'm i fairly certain, almost positive, that we are the worst in the world in terms of food waste. With like half of all the food people buy <laughs> just going straight into the trash. Like, we have like we have food waste up the supply chain from stores where they're like, we're not going to send that bell pepper in to the grocery store because it doesn't look aesthetically appealing enough. <laughs> 
So that is one of the things that I've seen in the wake of the pandemic is a lot of CSA, which is community-supported agriculture, not Confederate States of America, as I always think it it means. (laughs) But uh, community-supported agriculture has really taken off in a lot of cities, and like people are buying a lot more from like we've seen a lot of garlic from Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it's like hopefully people will start to reorganize the food systems instead of these long supply chains where, where there is all of this fucking waste just to, to have more like direct community agriculture and you can build redundancies within that system that exactly you don't, you don't have, you don't have these shutdowns in the supply chain that reverberate throughout like entire states and regions you can yeah, have, you're not like, gonna get you're not gonna get tomatoes in the middle of the winter yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, like maybe that maybe you have to tailor your diet or what you eat at certain times to like what's in season. Oh no, what what a horrible thing that you can't get any fruit or vegetable you want shipped in from anywhere in the world at the expense of actual human lives. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I like I said, this is a this is one we wanted to touch on because you know. I, I, I have lived a life where I have had to dispel a lot of uh, anti-communist propaganda. And my God, is it great to have one of the just bulletin points, one of the propaganda pictures of how terrible communism occur under capitalism. So fuck you. And if you try and red scare at me, I'm going to probably make fun of you and not address the points you're uh, and with that, we're going to continue to make fun of people with uh, uh, addressing the points they make. One last note. Uh, one of the key organizations in the state of Oklahoma fighting to end child hunger, uh, Hunger Free Oklahoma. Uh, guess who's behind that organization? George Kaiser. Kaiser. <laughs> yep. Come on over here. Come on, coward. Coward. I know that I want to punch you in the nose. I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You're an intellectual dumbass. And I'm coming. Coward, you think you're a tough guy. I hate you, coward! <laughs> We're gonna defeat this anti-human scum! We're gonna wreck their world! Let's move to the only go. media... Uh, can, can we Can we go to the only real independent media aside from us? Yeah, this, is, this is the only news source that you can trust that you know is not uh, funded by anyone because who in God's name would ever fund the Tulsa? Uh, I'll tell you who in God's name it's, would it's, fund it's, this. The Social Security Disability Association. <laughs> this, is, this is someone living on disability who has exactly enough time on their hands. They produce so much... Bro- they produce so much content for this podcast. They oh, have. God. No, they are our, uh, our golden goose. Um, <laughs> and- I mean, we're like, we're like, they're foil, you know? We're, we're, we're the far left independent media, and they're the far right independent we're, media. Like, we're, 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 is, real, is what I'm saying, you know? It's, it's like uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis in Unbreakable, where we just have to make someone our villain, too. <laughs> we, we, we've turned them into a, 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 an enemy of ours in order to have that superhero villain dynamic. That um, franchise really fell apart. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking with the last couple movies, but Glass was awful. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's get into the, the latest bit of gold from the Tulsa Beacon. Uh, editorial, densification and pandemics uh, from May 14th. I love, how it's, 
I love how it's unsigned. <laughs> yeah, no, not 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 a name on it. Uh, but you know, you know, you know the guy. It's it's you know the guy. The Tulsa World is the collective. Okay, it's just the Tulsa Beacon. Excuse me. It's it's a what hive what mind of, of like, yeah. Like, but what uh, about, what it's, it, it our, starts our, here. Our large, our large fan base probably is convinced that we're actually writing the Tulsa Beacon <laughs> at this point. You know. I, I wish I'm I could not, come up with content. I'm not writing good. it. I really wish I was. It, it is not a lot of work. This, it's these, all of these are like six six sentences long. So yeah, we could do it pretty easily. No, we couldn't. We couldn't because we can't get in that mindset. You know. Yeah, we'll this see. is it's such a every mindset. every. Uh, it's all like a series of drill know. tweets. Just like you can't replicate them. Well, see, I'm I'm uh, experimenting on uh, different types of brainworms that you can give people, and the Tulsa Beacon is actually what's coming out of my experiments. Oh, well, let's, okay. I hate let's to get into the official it. article here, though. But, uh, densification is the goal of Tulsa city planners. What is densification? Yeah. That's where the government steps in and slows or stops urban sprawl. Instead of letting people move to single-family homes in the suburbs, they are pressured into living in a high-rise apartment building in a tight metropolitan setting. Does that uh, sound uh, like what's been no, happening in Oklahoma to you lately? Is that people are being forced to live in these high-rise, tight metropolitan uh, neighborhoods? Okay. Uh, the yes, like construction association. And, no, no, hold on. Like, I live on Cherry Street where they are demolishing old homes and apartment complexes to put in these nightmare concrete box apartment <laughs> complexes that fill every square foot of the property and leave no room for anything. And actually, yeah, but I again, microcosm. I'm in Midtown. Yeah, I'm, okay. So who's the, the angriest? Who's being the angriest stopped I've... from moving to single-family homes, though? Like, where is anyone in, like, damn, I can't move into the single-family homes in Tulsa or Oklahoma City because of all of these new apartments they're building downtown? The, the no, like, angriest nowhere. I think I've ever been on the show was, like, in, like, 28, like, early 2018 or something, when we did a story about how the Realtors Association or something, like, like the, the homeowner, the Home Builders Association, that's who it was. Uh, got a zoning thing for Brookside where they were just like, what if we just built the suburban shit homes that like everyone hates and we should just nuke? What if we oh, built them on Brookside? The giant <laughs> ones that are the exact size of the lots that they are yes. on Brookside. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, no, I hate it. Yeah, the same thing on Cherry Street, except it's like the horrible like neoliberal apartment block look. Yeah. It's just like six condos shoved into a single lot and they all probably cost four grand a month and I would hate it. It's like it's like if you took Eastern Block housing that's cool and tight and like this beautiful modernism and just made it ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you know, this was probably written by somebody who just walks around and sees all of these, you know. Um, high-rise apartments and then can't afford them and they're like, they're pressuring people to live in. <laughs> no, 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 the is the, the, the they're like two stories. Yeah, no, this is someone who lives in BA and goes to downtown Tulsa twice a year and is terrified by it. They have to go to like the courthouse or something or get jury duty and then just seethe with rage that like this uh, Sodom of density and like <laughs> 
parking that you sometimes have to pay for, maybe occasionally. I, say, exists. I want to read the Tulsa Beacons. There shouldn't be parking paid parking downtown. <laughs> or their, their, their parking downtown is too difficult, and that is fascism take. I it's know against- it has to be there. They have said that. Paid yeah, is against Christ. <laughs> but they're also they're also the shittiest member of the HOA in their neighborhood. Who's like <laughs> you know, just like uh that fence is a fourth of an inch higher than the regulations we have. And go uh, to, I'm gonna to need you to tear it down. And like get mad about paid parking and they're like, My taxes paid for this, and they live in Broken Arrow and their taxes didn't pay for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to go on, uh, this is why city leaders in Tulsa convinced voters to approve hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer money for downtown Tulsa to subsidize apartments, finance sports arenas, build giant parking garages, and revamp streets with low traffic counts. Where have That's- they done that? What, what parking garages? Where? There's one parking garage. There's one, there's one parking garage downtown, no, 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 and it's no, no, no. It is, to smoke cigarettes in the elevator. There is, That's a, what new it's park, there is a new parking garage on like Fourth and Main, maybe Boulder. Um, but I don't, I don't know what sports arenas they're talking. Maybe the yeah. BMX the BOK- track thing that the, the BM. Oh, I guess the the Driller Stadium that they're angry about. Um. What? <laughs> what? is 20 years after it happens. Also, they're, they're mad that the downtown streets don't have like a thousand car throughput anymore. They're like, these streets should be eight lanes all running through downtown <laughs> Tulsa, uh, 50 mile an hour speed limits. And make all of the intersections overpasses, please. They're, they're, they're I can't take downtown Tulsa. Is that highway to the parking lot? Like they I want, do in Broken Arrow? They want downtown Tulsa to just be south downtown. They're like, I love the part of downtown that's just surface parking for blocks and blocks and blocks. That's all it should be. Where do you go when you opinions about nowhere? Tulsa's elite like the downtown uh, because it follows a European model and a population that is bunched together. Wait, so you know, Tulsa, notorious, a population that is bunched together in apartment settings is easier to manipulate and control. Yeah, bro. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. The, the, we can the terrorize city. you by if we throw upstairs neighbor. The city that accidentally walled off its downtown with giant <laughs> concrete barriers is, is European. The only city in the world that has done that. Um, well, I, I, wait, I do think wait, that wait, they're, wait, I think wait, they're, wait, they're wait, really wait. about themselves with this uh, being in apartment settings. It's easier to manipulate and control. Clearly, the Tulsa Beacon is writing out of... Uh, Elohim City and running a militia. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know. Isn't any like protest or government struggle or uprising? Doesn't that usually happen in a major metropolitan area? Uh, no. See no. Uh, the uh, 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 Mao and also um, semi-independent Ted Bundy. <laughs> The semi-independent Naxalite state in India that's like a rural agrarian communist group 
controls like a population of a hundred million people and doesn't have a big urban center. The, the writers sure just the writers just mad that they can't that they wouldn't be able to do Ruby Ridge from the Mayo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they've got this population that's easier to manipulate and control. Oh, uh, that's what happened in Russia in the early part of the 20th century, <laughs> and is more or less a European model today. You know how urbanized and centralized Russia's population was in the early part of the 20th century. That's why the uh, revolution happened was because there are. Uh, such an urban, yeah. urban place. Yeah, those apartment complexes. Apartment complexes yeah. equal <laughs> Russian Revolution. Russia, Russia, Russia at the at at the Findesikla, a country so famously um, urbanized that everyone was like, they can't do communism because literally no one lives in a town here. <laughs> literally no one lives in cities. It's not a thing that exists. We have like two cities, and it's a country of like. Hundreds of millions of people. Well, I guess like, you know, 50 million people and like two of them live in a city. Haven't uh, you heard of the Trans-Siberia Metroplex? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's on of the problems. The coronavirus. God damn it, yes! <laughs> About one third of the victims of the pandemic are in New York. The, the evil, evil New York City filled with liberals. Um, we, we all know that most people knew a bit different. <laughs> a third of the victims of the pandemic are in New York, and most of those are in New York City, the biggest and most densely populated city in America. Nearby, New Jersey has a similar problem. <laughs> um, so Ho Chi Minh City laughs in Vietnamese. <laughs> I say, doesn't Seoul have like no cases now? Uh, same with like. Beijing and well, I mean Beijing just. I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to trust any numbers coming out of Beijing, but like also, yeah. an, another another part of the country massively affected by coronavirus, the Navajo Nation. I don't know if you've ever been to the Navajo Nation. <laughs> um, not not exactly a dense urban area. <laughs> um relatively not dense uh maybe maybe so not dense that like you can drive for two hours without seeing and, and you see like houses single houses hours apart from any other location that are down dirt roads it, like you have to drive might, like five hours from a city of twenty thousand people to get yeah, to it might stretch across four states or something and yeah i mean i it's super fucking bleak but all of these articles are i'm sure going to be deleted in about three months when all of the like south and everyone going to the beaches in texas and all of that shit just causes a massive like bigger wave too in why would the they why would they delete them there's no reason to take <laughs> back the takes they've made like they're not going to do that then i mean yeah then they'll just be like look at what the liberal coasts did to us <laughs> they got us yeah. sick with their dirty, uh, blue state disease how are they going to delete them when they're dead from coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so they go on. Even New York Governor Cuomo, evil Governor Cuomo, the the, the bad man uh, that I see on the TV. I, the, can, can you trust the Pensilari, you know? His brain pan is not appropriate enough. <laughs> there are only two feelings you can have towards Cuomo. Just wanting to fucking rail you out, just like hitting your back walls, or just despising him as an evil, like, proponent as a friend of the coronavirus basically uh but yeah governor cuomo admitted that his city is suffering 
his city, all right, he's the governor, but anyway, is suffering disproportionately due to densification. If Tulsa's population... Densification! <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think he said that. I mean, maybe he mentioned that there are concerns. I don't think that that's what he said. Um, but yeah, if Tulsa's population keeps getting shoved towards downtown, similar problems could arise here. Yeah, we're on our way to becoming the densely packed Manhattan Island. It's a few more of those apartments, and it's going to be like living. (laughs) Like, we used to have a ton of high, like, you know, five, six-story apartments downtown. That's what we were when Tulsa, like, up until urban renewal. Like, any photo of Tulsa shows you that. They think that's bad. That's not freedom, Carl. That's not, that's not freedom. It's actually what causes <laughs> communism. Okay, so this is this is the real, the one the, the line that gets me. Planners use zoning, property taxes, and political pressure, i.e., the Chamber of Commerce, to impose this <laughs> lifestyle on people. Don't think so? Then try to find a part of town apart from downtown that has government subsidized housing. Okay. <laughs> I don't even. Yes, so many things wrong with this. Um, Wait, Lassie, roads are free. I thought. Uh, don't roads disappear <laughs> when you build homes? Like that's you build a house and there's a road there. So zoning, property taxes, and political pressure, such as chamber of commerce, specifically for like the last seventy years, have worked to make single-family housing like the only possibility in cities, forcing people to buy cars and like live in the suburbs. And drive till you qualify, which means you have to live far enough out in the city that you can still afford a single family home no matter what. There's literally no choice in America because we're all fucking stuck living in the suburbs because every like mid-sized city has eviscerated its downtown with highways and parking lots, all to build <laughs> shitty malls and strip malls and McMansion subdivisions like South Tulsa, so that you can hide from like the scary people of color who live in the cities. And now they're like, and that's the only choice that you have, either that or now you have the, like, you know, they do have a point that, yes, now you have the newly gentrifying downtown that's expensive as shit. And, but like, yeah, you can't be mad that there's a new option available being like people are being forced to use this when you literally can't live anywhere except a single family home in Tulsa until like the last 10 years or so. It's a well, also, the idea that uh, Tulsa's business elites are trying to funnel us into large, like, apartments downtown. Why would, we, how, uh, uh, we would have a grocery store downtown if they wanted to do that. Like, yeah. Uh, Jesus, come on, God, we you can live. Well, okay, so like, I think, I think as of right now, there are, like, 16 apartments in downtown Tulsa. Like, those shitty row houses they built that cost way too much, and that's it. Like, I, I've i got to assume this person lives so far out in the suburbs that their conception of downtown includes 61st and Peoria and includes, like, <laughs> far north Tulsa. And they're just like, yeah, all, all the shit's being built in downtown. How come nothing ever gets built at uh, 145th and, uh, I don't even know, 121st? 71st. I want to be able to live next to the Fuddruckers at, at, at 71st, all right? 
If I like can't they... live next to the Cinemark... There's something messed up so doing that today. You can buy a shitty six-bedroom house with a four-jet-ski garage right next to the Fuddruckers, and no one is stopping you. Um, and have to and have to walk half a mile from your house to the Fuddruckers because of a confusing system of fences that makes walking about as hostile as like um, walking through the no man zone in World War One. What, what would they like, ever walk? They have a car. They can take their car yeah, to true. the Fuddruckers <laughs> next door. But they as, close as out with uh, a, a just classic little line about uh, uh, just a really heartfelt appeal here. America was founded on freedom. We like our wide open spaces, and Americans shouldn't be forced to huddle in cities that could someday be ripe for another disaster. Is that a threat? I think that's a threat. <laughs> that's a threat. That's, that's what their name isn't on here. This is. Oh, <laughs> shit. It was girl. just <laughs> one, one time in the early two, in like late 2001, when they were working at a government facility making bio weapons, that they just accidentally mailed some things to Congress. Which <laughs> you're totally not prepared to do again about Tulsa getting too dense by building one apartment <laughs> complex but that they ruins also the games. Part of the Gilcrease Highway. <laughs> There, there are very clear and obvious threats to blow up a major metropolitan area aside. They say that America was founded on freedom, but like no one, they don't mention anything stopping them from the things that they want. There's like, it's just literally that a new option is made available and they're like, people shouldn't be forced to live like this. They should How be forced to live like I do. These were my good face eyes. How dare you <laughs> subject them? <laughs> I only want right. to see homes that look the exact same, make no architectural sense, and you have to drive two hours before you stop seeing them. That's so, it. That's freedom. FBI, we know that you're listening to us as part of the remnants of Pro, but please find out who this person is, a real threat to... They're uh, dangerous. Craig, sick them. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter is at Red Star Over OK. We also have a Facebook page and a subreddit. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes as well as most other places podcasts are found. Any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns can be shoved up your ass and sent to our email at redstaroverok at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about us and rate and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. Have a nice week. Bye. Mm-hmm.